Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, powered by Anchor. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast in general. Also, portions of the live stream may be edited for podcast release. Extreme Anime Radio. From the greatest city in the world, broadcasting to fans of anime and the Japanese culture all around the world, welcome to the one and only Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. This is our final episode for the month of April. I'm J.R. Horst. Thank you for joining us. Joining me as he normally and usually does on an evening such as this, the one and the only, Mr. Nuff Canuck. Hello, sir. Woof, woof, woof. What was that for? That was my impression of uh, Bill Belichick's dog from this past Saturday's NFL draft. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, that was some sort of troll that he pulled uh, at the start of the draft when it happened, huh? I, I am 99% sure, A, he knew when he was supposed to be sitting in the chair, and B, he had his dog sit right on the chair and wandered away from the camera deliberately. <laughs> Well, as he said in the beginning, keep it coming, keep it coming. <laughs> Indeed. Let me uh, bring up the draft in just a moment, but we have some other interesting topics for tonight's show. Uh, a little bit of the uh, update on coronavirus as it stands, uh, but we won't spend too much time on that. We'll talk about much lighter topics, including uh, Nef Canuck talking about some manga and yours truly talking about... Uh, a little more about some changes being made to the Japan Rail Pass in a couple of months, assuming there are foreign visitors who are able to take advantage of it at that time. Mm, one would hope, yes. Exactly. So remember that the Extreme Anime Radio podcast is available on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. You can also listen to us, download us, stream us, wherever you want to listen to us, on a variety of podcasting platforms, including Google, iTunes, Spotify, and much more. Just search for the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. But yes, uh, you have any uh, opinions, Neff, about uh, some of the picks from the draft? Well, uh, I'll say this much. Some of the picks I expected to go where they did. Uh, some of the picks, it's like, okay, you've picked this player, and I know exactly what's going to happen, or at least I think what's going to happen, mm -hmm. specifically uh, Miami and their quarterback selection. This is a quarterback who has had injuries, including a hip injury. Cue me. Uh. Yeah, and I'm going, okay, Miami's offensive line will not be able to keep that poor kid upright. I think he's going to be in a lot of trouble very quickly. Yes. But uh, a lot of people commenting about uh, the NFL virtual draft and people commenting, for the most part, that it was a success. Yeah, I mean, considering what they were trying to accomplish, they accomplished it quite well. I mean, one of the things I found most amusing was Roger Goodell in his basement. I'm using air quotes here because <laughs> he made $42 million last year. You will not convince me that is his basement. <laughs> no, 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 no. He had something set up for this. That is not his basement if he makes $42 million a year. 
So you think it's some PA's basement or a basement they built uh, in a studio near his home where he actually lives, maybe? I suspect that because if you look at the chair he ended up lazing in near the end of the first day of the draft, uh-huh. that that does not look, again, like a chair a, a man who makes $42 million a year would actually <laughs> buy and actually sit in. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, a lot of uh, places uh, turning to virtual whatever, online gaming, online video conferencing, um, I've noticed a big explosion, especially in um, eSports and uh, interactive auto racing. Have you uh, been able to tune into any of those lately, Neff? Oh, yeah. The iRacing series. Now, both <laughs> IndyCar and NASCAR have been doing them. Yep. Uh, we're, only getting, we're only getting a few of them up here. Down, down in your neck of the woods, you're getting like one every day sort of deal, I understand. Uh, they're doing it mostly on the weekends. Yeah. Mm. Well, anyways, the fun part is because, you know, especially like Fox, especially is putting money into it. The NBCSN, um, the audio quality, let me put it this way. Our audio quality quality beats theirs by a factor of 10. I've seen better backgrounds of some of the talent uses when we put them in the triple box or the quad box. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, don't get me started because up here now with our sports center, that's spelled R-E, not E-R, uh-huh. uh, most of the personalities are now broadcasting from home. Some of them really, really need to invest in a green screen and put up a virtual background <laughs> because it's just, oh. What's the worst example you've seen? Um, one of the hosts was busy doing their shtick in their kitchen, and a cat proceeds to walk behind them and proceeds to take a swipe at the back of his neck. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, apparently it didn't hurt. Otherwise, we might have seen you know the guy literally jump into the camera, literally. But it was like, why did you let your cat walk through the kitchen while you're doing this? Like, even I know better than that. Yeah, a um, lot of things happening during this uh, pandemic, people staying at home. But there are others out there who are putting their lives on the line to help others in this great time of need, especially uh, health care workers. Health care workers are being stretched to their limits, uh, trying to deal with um, the amount of people coming in either who are sick or reporting symptoms. And uh, one of the things that uh, people are doing is taking time out to say thanks to those uh, healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, uh, EMS, etc. cetera. Uh, a lot of places, uh, their tall buildings are being lit up in blue to say thank you. Um, in a lot of cities, they've uh, started a practice at a certain time of the day go outside of your house and clap to say thank you. Um, something happened over my house yesterday afternoon. And when I looked at the uh, potential flight path, I was telling my folks they might be flying over us because our um, armed force demonstration teams, uh, namely the U.S. Navy Blue Angels and the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds, we're doing a joint flyover, which they rarely do, a joint flight together to say, in this case, to say thank you to all the healthcare workers. And um, the flight path uh, seemed to be going over a lot of locations, uh, but as I compared the flight path uh, of what they were going to do to the actual map, I noticed that a lot of the flights were going to take place over major hospitals. Um, and there is one major hospital uh, near me called Elmhurst Hospital uh, that is, uh, I've mentioned in previous podcasts, um, a lot of the coronavirus patients have been uh, treated there. Um, so I looked at the flight path and I said, this might be going past us. So we look at the 12 o'clock news live from the helicopter, the Navy... 
Blue Angels and the Air Force Thunderbirds, even we can't keep up with them because we're in the chopper. Um, and then I see him, they're going over Coney Island, and then I'm like, they're about to head this way. So we run to our backyard. We're standing at the top of the stairs to go to the second floor. I'm looking towards the south, and lo and behold, there they are in clear view. They were a little bit far away, but you could still see them. And uh, that has to go into the lifetime bucket list, I think, to see them fly by for such a wonderful reason. Mm, indeed. Uh, I know the Canadian version, the Snowbirds, will be doing a cross-Canada flyby. And they're starting on the East Coast, I think, I think it's tomorrow or it's Friday. I'm not sure. But they'll be making their way across the provinces and territories from east to west. So I'll be seeing if they should happen to pass by my humble humble cave. Uh, I do know that uh, Pearson Airport is nearby, and they can stop there to refuel. So it's quite possible. Interesting, interesting. Is there another, there's no like an air base near you, uh, or is just Pearson? Well, no, it would be Pearson, and then the actual air base would be Trenton, which is in eastern Ontario. So who okay. knows? All right, all right. But... Uh... A lot of things people are doing to say thank you to the first responders, and obviously we like to say thank you as well. Not just to the healthcare workers, but you know everybody out there, uh, police, uh, firefighters, uh, people who actually work in stores, uh, cashiers, and um, those who stock items. We have to give thanks to them as well because they're putting themselves out there to help uh, the community in this uh, most unusual time. Indeed, I mean, uh, they they literally put, I mean, you think about it, a grocery store clerk, you'd never think about them. Mm. You know, you just buy your groceries, you do go on your way. But you realize now, without them, what are you eating? What are you drinking? Exactly. Nothing. So, so. people who walk work in, you know, big stores like Walmart to like small mom and pop stores, that most of which you'll find here in the New York City area, uh, we have to give thanks to them as well, I think. Um, so yeah, I'm sure you see a lot of, uh, things in the news about that. Uh, whatever news you follow, there's only, there's always one constant, the fact that, uh, these first responders are getting a lot of, uh, kudos for what they are doing. So this is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. I'm JR and he's Neff. Um, to talk a little bit about, uh, the latest updates, uh, from Japan with regards to the pandemic. Um, again, this is April 29th uh, when we're recording this, and um, the latest that I hear from the news is that uh, there is a high possibility, meaning that it'll probably happen, that uh, Japan is going to extend its uh, non-essential travel restrictions until the end of May, which is around the same time uh, that uh, currently the entry restrictions for many foreign nationals are supposed to end. And I think uh, that was probably a given, wasn't it? I think so. I mean, we've heard talk in my neck of the woods of a plan, but no dates. Right. Whereas other provinces have put together plans with dates. So I think our province is going, you know what? You go off you go off into the coal mine first and if you don't, you know, immediately die, we'll use you as the canary and if you don't die, we'll try that same thing too. Yeah. Uh, many parts of uh, US and Canada, um there seem to be many locations that are sort of stabilizing ish as far as the infections go. There are a few areas that are still, you know, having to deal with the issues. Um but um as you said, Neff, uh, it's not. It's a matter of uh, how they're going to reopen stuff. Um, I, my state of New York, they still plan to stay closed uh, with stay-at-home, quote unquote, until at least May fifteenth, and then depending on what area you're in, they'll slowly start to reopen stuff. Um, I have a funny feeling New York, where I live, will probably be one of the last places to, you know, start that procedure. Mm. Yeah, because you're in an area where, as I recall, and I'm trying to remember, fairly pop, fairly well populated, near an airport, and that could possibly be a bit ugh, problematic. In Japan, 
uh, it seems to be uh, the case of, you know, they've been holding off for as long as they could. But as I mentioned before, now the cases are starting to increase a little bit. So um, the governors of all the prefectures had a Zoom call or something similar, and they are going to request uh, the Japanese government to extend the uh, non-essential uh, procedure until the end of May. Um, I was reading some of the news coming out of Japan this week. This week, uh, they're supposed to start one of their major holidays, Golden Week. Um, I believe uh, if I read the news report correctly, and I am going to check this just to be sure, um, Japan Railway Groups uh, in Japan say non-reserved seats in Japan on Japanese trains, which are normally over 100% capacity, which means there's standing room during Golden Week. At the start of the Golden Week holiday this year, Less than 10% of non-reserved seats on Shinkansen trains were occupied. Wow. Now that is a drop. Number of reservations as of April 21st was down 95% compared to last year. Not surprised in the least. Right. On the Pond Airways has canceled 85% of domestic flights. Japan Airlines has canceled 60% of domestic flights, and there are no traffic jams on Japanese highways, which would normally be the case at this time of the year. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that is the one quote-unquote good thing about this pandemic. The roads are absolutely clear. They can, they can do all the construction they want. They just have to watch out for the occasional Yahoo who decides that since the roads are nice and empty and clear, it's the green flag for the Indy 500. Yeah. For those of you uh, who weren't able to listen to the last podcast, uh, Neff, could you remind us about that uh, speeder in your neighborhood again? Oh, yeah. 217 kilometers an hour in a 60 kilometer an hour zone. <laughs> so basically, three ti- over three times the legal limit. Yeah. Car gets impounded, immediate suspension of his license for a week, and a fine of up to... I believe it's $10,000. Oops. Yeah, basically, um, vehicles that you would normally see parked outside of the uh, casino in Monte Carlo are being found in places all over the place, basically. Mm. Yeah, the normal traffic patterns have been severely disrupted, to, to say the least, yes. Yeah. But, uh, again, with regards to Japan... Uh, You've heard me complaining about the uh, Baksu subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so as of the last podcast, uh, all the shipments have been officially suspended to the United States by Japan Post, except for surface mail. I understood. Now, I may be wrong in this. I may have misread. I think DHL is still going on and FedEx, but that's it. Correct. DHL and FedEx are still going on. And uh, Boxu has changed their shipping logistics now. I have a funny feeling uh, they're now going to send U.S. subscription boxes uh, using one of those two methods now. Um, And so um, me being a subscriber, I will not have to pay any extra fees. They're going to pass those extra fees on to the new subscriptions to the United States. Ouch, because I'm remembering the the, the price difference uh, for one of my places I like to shop in Japan, CG, CG Japan, and the difference between FedEx, DHL, and EMS, it's like mountain. Ugh. Yeah, so um, they are switching to that, um, and assuming nothing else happens in about two to three weeks and change, uh, then I will happily take my next subscription. My le- my next subscription uh, will be scheduled uh, for renewal in mid-May. Uh, this month's was already deferred, but they were able to switch me over to mid-May. And again, assuming nothing happens by then, uh, that uh, shipment will be processed, sent over, and hopefully I'll be able to try some snacks for you guys uh, come June. <laughs> Well, here's hoping that, you know, everything, you know, proceeds smoothly. 
I do have a few deliveries that I'm I'm actually waiting for from overseas. Um, one of which actually did show up at my office, which is closed. Oh man! But, but at least there was someone there to collect the shipment and put it in my office. Now I have to figure out when it's safe to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> now I should mention with Boxu, uh, um, what I said about the subscriptions has nothing to do with those two other orders that I mentioned. I've ordered. Uh, Two different uh, boxes uh, for some of my friends, and they have been ordered. Um, they were ordered, I think, late March and early April, respectively. They have not left Japan as of this morning. They still haven't left Japan, and uh, from what I read correctly, um, the packages that are still. Um, in the stream are going to be processed in the order in which they were received and shipped out whenever they can get shipped out. Um, one estimate is the backlog is four months. I, I was going to ask, was there any chocolate in that order that you had, that you had made? Oh, heavens. I hope not. Yeah, because four months, Japanese summer, it's going to be chocolate soup. <laughs> Not to mention, I'm worried that some uh, snacks might already expire by the, t- by the time they get to their destination. Ew. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So, unfortunately, um, well, they told me to get back to them in a couple of weeks if there were no uh, changes. But, unfortunately, uh, I'm at the mercy of Japan Post now with regards to those shipments. So, we just got to hope and see uh, how that comes about i guess Mm. yeah unfortunately things are going to be messed up for quite a while now i do want to mention that i was reading the other day or and i was hearing on the radio my sports station Mm. that there is talk that 2021 tokyo olympics will not be able to happen yeah and what do they say in that regard uh they're saying at this point with the status of Japan, they're not sure that A, the venues can be completed in time, and B, whether the travel restrictions will be lifted in time. Right. I'm so, still optimistic uh, because, I, like I said, I'm still trying to go Japan later this year, but again, uh, that's still up in the air. I still don't know if I'm going to book that trip or whether or not uh, I'll do that or may have to do something else come the end of the year. Mm. Yeah, and the, I'm still waiting on word for a relative who's supposed to be coming over here from Switzerland in July. I do know that the air carrier that she is using is demanding on both ends that if you that you must wear a mask from check-in to deplaning and off the plane. JetBlue's doing the same thing here now, uh, starting in a week, I think. Yeah, so, you know, even though I don't do well with masks, I tend to not be able to breathe too well. I figured, okay. And I ordered some masks, and I'm like, I don't know when I'll get them. Right. They're not, pro- they're not promising any earlier than June. Oh, boy. So I'm going, well, let's see. Maybe I'll get lucky. Right, right. Um, one positive note coming from Japan, uh, assuming this... Uh, pandemic uh goes more or less away it's not going to go totally away in the foreseeable future but more or less when when things can go back to some sort of normalcy uh the japan railway companies are going to have something in store for foreign visitors uh they are revamping their japan rail pass the japan rail pass is a rail pass uh, that is sold to foreign tourists that um, gives you unlimited travel on most of Japan Railway's trains for a certain period of time, either one, two, or three weeks in either standard class or green car. And uh, they're very affordable considering uh, the amount of travel you do. If you can uh, make the pass pay off by doing enough trips, then you certainly have to consider it. But the changes they're making to the Japan Rail Pass now is that they're going to make the Japan Rail Pass into an actual magnetic ticket. Kind of like the ones you've used, Neff, when you visited Japan, the magnetic tickets. Yeah, the ones with the, with this, with, the, with the thing on them, yeah. Right. Now, 
I'm, I'm curious to see how that will affect it because will that require more or less human intervention? Well, um, in a sense, it will require, it may require less intervention. Um, the way the Japan Rail Pass works now is that you have to buy an exchange order uh, mm-hmm. from a travel agency uh, local to you. Um, you buy it in your local currency, and then you take that to Japan. You exchange the voucher for the actual pass, which is a small paper booklet. Um, they formally stamped your start and end dates. Now they actually put it into a ticket and actually st- um, affix the ticket to the book. Um, so you can uh, you know just flash the rail pass that way uh, when you go through um, through the system. You have to make reservations in person uh, at a manned counter. Um, you cannot make a reservation at a ticket machine. Um, and when you enter and exit the system, you, like I said, you have to go through the manned counter. So you have to flash your pass to somebody as you go through, and you cannot use the automatic um, ticket gates. Um, the um, Japan Railways groups are now going to sell the rail pass directly. So what that will mean is you have the option of either buying the exchange order or you can for a little bit of an extra price i think five to ten percent above the current rate you can place the order in japanese yen directly through them and then you can go to japan make one visit to a manned counter so they make sure your passport's valid and everything and then they'll give you the rail pass but then the rail pass in the new um, regular ticket shape form will allow you to use uh, the automatic ticket machines to reserve trains, pick up seat reservations, and then you can use the automatic ticket gates to go in and out. Um, and another bonus, if you buy directly through Japan Railways, is that if you have a train you absolutely need to take while you're there, you can make your seat reservation before you arrive in Japan. Very convenient. So let's say, I think an obvious example would be um, if you want to reserve your trip back to the airport. A lot of the major airports um, have uh, JR services that um, operate to and from that airport. So Narita Airport near Tokyo has uh, the Narita Express. Kansai Airport in Osaka has the Haruka train. Theoretically, and I did this on my first couple of trips, you can reserve your trip back to the airport in advance. This way you know you're on that train and you avoid the risk of a sellout when you get there. Mm, Which if you're trying to leave Japan is quite a problem. You have to be on time because you are going to have to go through, you know, all the rigmarole to leave the country again. More rigmarole now probably than ever before. I was going to say, if you thought there was rigmarole going in and out before, yeah, try doubling it now at least. (laughs) So um, if you have a Japan Rail Pass with the new system, you're going to get a ticket and it's going to have a QR code on the ticket. And how do you make your seat reservation or how do you pick up uh, your tickets? What you do is you go to a ticket machine. You can either scan the QR code if it has a QR scanner. If it doesn't, you type in, I think, your RailPass ID. And then after that, you type in your passport number. And that's how it knows that uh, you've got a valid Japan RailPass. And then you can do your things. Okay, that's both convenient and rather frightening with the free-flowing of your in- personal information. Yeah. It's, uh, in these days, uh, you know, we're like, yes, there are safeguards, but, oh, things keep getting hacked into and stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. It's like the more information you exchange, the higher the chances someone will get it who isn't supposed to. Right. But... Um... 
One positive thing about the Japan Rail Pass change, as I mentioned, you can use a ticket vending machine instead of going to a manned counter. You still have an option to go to the manned counter if you want to make reservations, uh, but now you can use the automatic uh, ticket machines. And um, this fact kind of reminds me of uh, the third trip to Japan that I took, which involved myself and Mary and eventually Neff. And uh, you remember, Neff, that the three of us one day decided to go up to Yuzawa, to that place mm-hmm. called Ponshukan, which is uh, in the heart of one of the sake territories in Japan, in uh, Niigata. And uh, it is a place where it's basically self-serve sake. You pay 500 yen, you get your own cup, and you get five tokens, and you can sample five different sakes. You decided to take advantage of that and ordered, I think, two or three different helpings, right? Well, I no. What, what happened was I ordered the first round of five. Bang, bang, bang. It was very, very delicious. Uh-huh. Then I ordered a second round of five. You and Mary both looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> My response was, I'm Canadian. This is a, war- this is a warm-up call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in that case, we should have stayed for three. But... Um... You would have had probably by, at the end of three, you might have had to carry me back to the train. So, or vice versa. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but I do remember, you know, I went to the automatic ticket machine and I made reservations round trip for our trip to Yuzawa because I believe uh, it's long enough of a trip that if you buy a round trip ticket, you get a 10% discount. So, that's mm. why I think we bought it round trip. And I bought, um, I bought seat reservations going and coming back, which was kind of an odd idea back then because I kind of realized that now you can make separate seat reservations going and coming back and still buy your basic fare to get the round-trip discount. Mm. So what happened was um, we rode a single-level train or a double-decker. Do you remember? trying to remember i think it was only a single level it was a single level it would have been easier for you definitely yeah so i i picked the first row in both directions and uh that was uh well not so good because for about an hour and a half we were staring at a uh fake wood wall well there are worse things to stare at of course if you looked up when you were staring at the wall you saw how fast you were going Yes. And as the numbers climbed, I kept thinking and going, okay, I've never gone this fast before. Now it's starting to worry me. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think the top the speed on that line was 260. Yeah, 260 or 265, I, I, I was trying to remember. And it was like I said, you get past the one. I've ever only gone about 200. Uh-huh. In a, in a, and so it's like an extra 60-odd kilometers an hour in a very long train but it doesn't feel like it. That was the frightening part. <laughs> You're just going and it's like, it's this odd floaty feeling. You don't feel anything. Mm. And you're going, this is very nice. But if you tried to do that on the rail systems here, both you and the train would be going in different directions and not on the tracks. Yes. <laughs> oh, somebody wrote Neff Canuck likes getting sloshed. That's nice. Well, hey. <laughs> I ain't going to deny it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, going back to the topic, um, after we got there, we were like, we have the same seats on the way back. I wonder if they can be changed. So I went to a manned ticket clerk, and it took me about how many minutes? Like five or ten minutes in my broken Japanese to try to get them to switch the seats on our ticket, which they did. Yeah, well, you, you you said, you know, broken Japanese. I'm going, as opposed to myself or Mary, whose Japanese was obliterated. Like, no, 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 you, you are our guy. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yes, the Japan Rail Pass, the improvements they're going to make, um, you know, hopefully will allow you to enjoy Japan a little easier, considering that you'll be able to more easily make Train reservations for bullet trains and limited express trains. Um, I could go more into Japan travel, but uh, I'll save that maybe for another time.
But yeah, um, look up information on the Japan Rail Pass, and uh, you'll see more of the information that they have there. Um, they will start the sales on uh, June 1st. Uh, subject to change, I'm guessing, but uh, right now it's June 1st when they're going to start the sales. Mm. Well, let's hope they can do that, and let's hope that uh, things will change or at least progress along to the hopeful you know, outcome. Definitely, definitely. As I said, and as I'm going to keep saying, uh, uh, Japan is still on my radar, and I have people over there that uh, I'd like to see. They'd like to see me, so I'd like to try to make that happen soon. Um, so, Neff, uh, when we come back from our commercial break, I believe you're going to talk to us about some manga you've been reading and some manga apps that you've been using and hating. Does that sound about right? That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> so we'll talk about that right after these messages. You're listening to Neff and JR here on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. She's hip, she's cool, she loves to dance, and she loves to live life to the fullest. Who is she? She's Sarah Yoshida, the mascot of Extreme Anime Radio. And now, Sarah gives personalized video greetings. Thanks to the help of the many cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida, we bring you Sarah Shoutouts. One of the cosplayers of Sarah will provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Ask for advice or an uplifting message? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. Each Sarah shoutout is only $8. Proceeds will be used toward our monthly live stream bills and help promote the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shoutout, please email us at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or private message us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime radio or on Instagram at extreme anime radio terms and conditions apply extreme anime radio welcome back to the extreme anime radio podcast I'm JR and he's Neff we thank you for joining us it is the 29th of April, 2020, our last podcast for this month. Uh, we're probably going to be taking uh, next week off, and we'll return with the Extreme Anime Radio podcast in uh, two weeks. Um, another quick thank you to our guests over the last few weeks, uh, particularly uh, the cosplayers of Extreme Anime Radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida. Um, we had Angela and Umi on last week. Um, prior to that, we had Capelia Cosplay, Kesho Cho, and Dearly. Uh, we've also had uh, Mako-chan and a variety of other guests since we uh, began uh, the show. Um, not only them, but those who were able to help us out with our Ballet Cosplay Safety Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to listen to that or any of our other shows, as you've heard, please go to anchor.fm forward slash anime radio while we were on break called it the in the chat room was saying uh would have to hope the ticket guys knew semaphore and that's actually sort of accurate because i find sometimes when i gesture with my hands they'll get the point across won't they well yeah i mean it's it's all about getting getting the general idea across and they eventually go oh that's what you want and probably in the back of their mind they're going oi tourists Ah. <laughs> well, Neff, uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what's going on in your manga life? Yes, uh, grabbed a couple of new titles, one of which I'll talk about briefly tonight. Uh, my room is a rest stop. My room is a rest stop in a dungeon, or actually, no, my room is a dungeon rest stop. <laughs> is the actual yes? It's it's quite a confusing title. I'll read the synopsis from the back of Volume One: A room with a view to a dungeon in another world. Suzuki Toru has just scored an amazingly cheap apartment, but the reason it's so cheap is because the front door opens to a classic fantasy dungeon. Luckily, Toru has always wanted to explore a dungeon, but when he stumbles across Rhea, a beautiful blonde knight, he may well have gotten more adventure than he bargained for. Uh-huh. 
So I'll say this. It's a fun manga. I mean, you know, you have to sort of, you know, again, it's the old suspension of disbelief. The fact that the main main MC male is a little, shall we say, dense, although he's not as dense as some of them. Which, which is nice because after a while you get sick of reading these male MCs. They get plenty of situations where it's like, really? Mm-hmm. You're not getting the signals? <laughs> she's, she's practically semaphoring in your face? Like, come on. They go don't semaphoring do again, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's the only way to put it. Anyways, so again, fun read. Uh, two volumes are out so far from Seven Seas. Uh, it is available on several uh, manga reader apps. One of them is the iBooks app for Apple. And here's where I rant, folks. Why is it that Apple's own native app cannot properly scale a page to the size of the screen? So as you're flipping, you get a page and about a quarter of the next page. But what often happens is you get three quarters of the page you wanted and a quarter of the page from before. So you have to try and gently nudge it with your finger, but not too far, or you lose the page completely. So you're having this back-and-forth fight. Interesting. So you're actually missing like a quarter of the content in those cases. Yeah, and like I said, I think it's because their app doesn't properly scale for the larger iPad Pro screen. I see. Whereas the other apps that are available, such as Amazon's Kindle, uh, what other apps are there? Uh, Shonen Jump and the Viz app, they properly scale. You get one full page, which on an iPad Pro is nice for these old tired eyes that need bifocals. It's mm. like, I don't have to squint to see all this, all those wonderful little, you know, uh, sound effects, etc. <laughs> so, needless to say. Now, the one other thing I've noticed, and I noticed this the hard way, is that some of the reader apps charge you more for the books than others. Hmm. So, for example, if a book is available on the Viz app, chances are it's also available on the Kindle. And chances are it's cheaper on the Kindle app. Uh-huh. Except in Canada, for some weird reason, you can't just buy the book in the Kindle app. No, no, no. That'd be too, that'd be too simple. You have to go to Amazon.ca, buy the book, and then send the book to your iPad. Oh, that's kind of like a long-winded approach. Yeah, complicated, which is why if the book's, if it's like a $2 difference, $2 plus taxes anyway, sometimes I'm tempted to go, you know what? No, no, no. I'll just buy it on the Viz app and eat the extra 2 bucks because, frankly... Uh, you know, the, the aggravation of going, you know, here, there, here, there, here, there. So you, as with most things out there, you'd pay to be less aggravated. Yes. Well, I, I have a very, and let's just say I've had enough experience in life to know I have a low aggravation point. <laughs> it's very low these days. Yeah. <laughs> now, out of all the apps you have uh, to read the manga... Uh, we know which of them you don't like, but out of the other ones you've mentioned, uh, which would be uh, the one that you would normally go to? Well, if I had my druthers, it would it would be a good it would be a tie between the Viz manga and the Kindle app. Okay, because they both do things you know well. Uh, I'll mention one of the other ones, uh, Mangamo, which is a, which is a subscription based manga app. Mm-hmm. The trick with that app is. They're charging you more than any other subscription app out there, mm. but the app itself is so unstable, you feel like you're paying to beta test this. <laughs> but it does have titles that no one else has. So as with anime, you know, you have to buy four different streaming services or five. You end up buying these four or five different apps because, you know, you want to be able to read and support the artists. Right. So it's like, uh... well, um, like with anime, with manga, you have many choices when it comes to not just your content, but how you use the content, basically. Mm. Yeah, now, I haven't tried this trick yet. Maybe this will make it a little easier. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in theory, with Apple products, you can use what's called AirPlay. Mm Mm-hmm 
to show to mirror your display from your Apple device to an Apple TV, for example. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to try that now and see if it's even easier to read, you know, Mongo and the pages are essentially like three, four feet tall. Mm. <laughs> On that big TV screen in my living room is what I'm referring to. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, if I couldn't read the if I couldn't read the sound effects before, I sure can now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, the AirPlay, sometimes the, they'll take the video and it will, the video won't look so good. At least I find it. It won't look so good on your TV as it does on your iDevice. Mm. Yeah, I think that has a, I think that has a lot to do with whether you're, whether it's scaling or if it's native resolution or whether or not there's actually a limitation imposed by the app author because the app author might say, no, 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 we don't want you showing, you know, high quality on a TV screen, you get high quality on a little screen, but not so much on the big. Right, right. Um, speaking about videos, um, something that uh, one of my online friends drew my attention to the other day is the fact that um, I think this emanates from Japan, if not from another nearby country, I'm sure. There are these online, interactive, real-time claw machines that you can play and pay to play having actually played a legitimate claw machine in japan <laughs> and got nowhere with the darn things yeah i am not going to pay real money to virtually get frustrated and want to shake the machine all to hell <laughs> and from what i understand i don't have the information in front of me but from what i understand the prices they're asking for with regards to playing those machines would be a lot more compared to what you would actually pay, say, in Akihabara. Well, I'm trying to remember. I think most of the ones we fooled around with were 500 yen a crack. Does that sound about right? Uh, it was either 100 or 500, I think, yeah. Or somewhere mm. in the middle of that. Yeah. So if they're charging more than that, I'm going, wait a minute. You don't have a physical machine. You're not actually giving a physical prize. This is just pure profit. Huh? Right. How does this work? And not only that, they, they they come with promises, although I haven't seen it in practice and I haven't read too many reviews on it. They come with the promise of if you win the prize, they'll ship it to you free of charge. Sure. <laughs> and my next door neighbor is Santa Claus. <laughs> well, it would be nice to get to December, wouldn't it, at this rate, huh? I was going to say, yeah, December would be, you know, I, I'll, I'll get there. Thanks. Ooh. Well, we're on the subject of Japan again, Neff. And I'm not sure if I asked you this question because I know that um, I've asked a question to a lot of the other guests we've had on. But uh, if you had the opportunity to go back to Japan, what would be one place you'd want to re- return to? And what would be one place you would like to visit that you've never been yet? I would like to go back to the Ghibli Museum. That was a very fascinating place. I, I, I found myself, you know, just wandering around, and it's like I'm, I'm, I'm so enamored with the place, and I'm just, you know, wandering, seeing all sorts of odds and ends that I'd never seen before. I'll be with you on that one. Interesting, interesting. And I think it's a little easier now to buy the ticket because I think you can buy the ticket online directly through the museum now. You can reserve your date and time. Yeah, as opposed to what you went through, which was having someone in Japan buy the ticket from a Lawson convenience store, as I recall. My friend Kenichi, exactly. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that would be a lot lot less uh, of a hassle to be able to buy it yourself as opposed to, you know, through a tr- trusted intermediary. Mm. But, uh, no, the, the funny part of that was then the trip home, I remember, because we took the bus down the mountain, and it was like, that twisty road where oh, it was like... It wasn't from the Ghibli Museum. It was from Hakone. We went to Hakone for the day. And I had okay. the smart Alec idea of taking the local bus, which had no line, as opposed to the express bus, which had a large line for it. Okay, yeah. And then I just remember the drive down where it was like this to and fro and curves. And I think by about two-thirds of the way down... Both my brain and my stomach were in different places. 
We had to walk it off when we got down to Hakuna Yamoto before the train left. On the good, uh, positive note, we were able to get a compartment on the way back like we did on the way in, which was nice. Mm, yeah, which was great because I was just sort of like going, okay, world, stop moving in different directions. Just pick a direction and stick with it. <laughs> so we've addressed uh, where you'd want to go back to. Where will you go that you haven't been to yet? Well, there's actually two places. Uh, or maybe even three. Uh, I know Japan has a number of automotive museums run by the manufacturers. Ooh. And I'm a bit of a gearhead, as some of you know. And so this would be something like, oh, seeing the Japanese automotive history as it evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, it evolved completely different from North America. In some cases, it actually aped North America to a degree, especially styling-wise. Uh-huh. And so seeing some of those examples, you know, up close and personal, maybe even getting a few shots would be something I'd really like to do. Okay, so maybe a trip to Nagoya is in your future to visit the Toyota Museum and factory. Indeed. All right, uh, so that's one place. What's up? What else is on your list? Hmm, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think here because there was that... And I'm trying to think. I, w- I would like to see if there would be an onsen that would be a bit a bit more rustic, but a bit but accessible. You see, that's that's see. a very you know you know that's a very thing I'd like to do. But of course, I realize that as you get into the older parts of Japan, accessibility is it's there, but it's not quite there yet. If you know what I mean. Right. Right. Probably yeah. easier it's, off in an urban place. Yeah, because it's like Toronto. There are some wonderfully accessible parts of Toronto. And there are other parts where it's like, yeah, no. Because as as the, as it's so old, they don't have to update or they only have to update under certain conditions. Mm. So you're kind of like, yeah, no, 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 no. Right. Uh, I know you haven't been to Kyoto or Osaka yet, right? Nope. No, I haven't been to those places, which, which would be, like I said, that would be something I'd love to do. Okay, cool. All right, so you've got uh, you've got your ideas, and my ideas are going to be basically, you know, wherever I can go on the next trip, that's where I'll probably go. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I can get a hold of the Japan Rail Pass, and the Rail Pass will allow me to make a reservation on an overnight sleeper train, mm-hmm. then I might consider that. Ooh, that would be interesting, yes. Um, a very popular place uh, in Japan that uh, not too many foreign tourists know about is Izumo. Uh, it is in uh, the western part of Japan, up on the northern coast, and uh, there is a very popular shrine there, Izumo Taisha. And it is one of the few locations now that is connected by an overnight train. They have one overnight train every day that goes from Tokyo to western Japan. It splits in Okayama. One goes to Shikoku. And also the other part goes up to um, Izumo. And uh, so that would be the trip I would want to take if I had the opportunity. If I didn't have the opportunity and I wanted to really go to Izumo, then I may have to go to Plan B which is something I've kind of advocated on my blog but never even tried in practice, which is to use the Japan Rail Pass, make a uh, two-day trip with a stopover in some obscure location nobody knows about but you're intrigued in. They have cheaper hotel accommodations. Well, there you go. One other thing I forgot to mention I might want to try, a Japanese professional baseball game. Oh, boy. Well, because baseball is universal, of course, essentially, and so it would be easy to, easy enough to follow. The question would be, how would how would it work? Because I mean, I I'm I've seen sporting events in Canada and the United States uh-huh. in person, and I've never actually I've never seen in any other country. And I'm going in person, and I'm going, how would a baseball game work in Japan? <laughs> like in terms of the fan interaction, in terms of the fans' reactions. Because, of course, up here in Canada, we tend to be very polite and very sedate. Oh, yeah. Until something is on the line, and then we start throwing beers. <laughs> no, I Hello, think Texas there's Rangers. a... <laughs> there is a... No, there's a bigger following uh, and uh, 
fan interaction in Japan for sure. Maybe what we have to do, if uh, if it's accessible enough, um, there is a very very popular Japanese baseball stadium. It's in uh, Kansai region, and it is I would say halfway between Osaka and Kobe, uh, near the city of Amagasaki, and it's called Koshien Stadium. Hmm. Koshien Stadium was built in 1924, so it can consider it to be sort of the Fenway Park of Japan. Ooh. And it is the home stadium of the Hanshin Tigers. Now that sounds like an idea. Mm. So, you know, we can go there, and then we go nearby is the Amagasaki boat race where you can gamble all your money away. <laughs> okay. If I'm going to gamble on my way, I'll just go to a pachinko parlor. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of ideas about Japan, and uh, that is a good thing that we can still dream about the future, even though our current situation is sort of, well, meh. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I, I think meh covers it just about perfectly. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, folks... Uh, we're going to bring a close to this podcast, and we thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk uh, about more positive things in future shows. Again, uh, we're going to take next week off, and we'll be back with the next podcast in two weeks. And uh, do remember to follow us on social media, which Nef Canuck will tell you about right now. Yes, if you'd like to drop us a line, you can drop us a line at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or check out our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash anime radio. We're on Twitter at anime radio or twitter.com forward slash anime radio. Or we're on Instagram at extreme anime radio. And again, if you're interested in uh, helping uh, contribute to the station through the Sarah shoutouts, uh, please contact us and we will give you more information. Again, uh, one of the cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida uh, can record a video message for you for pretty much uh, anything. Um, certain restrictions apply, but uh, if you would like to take advantage of that, please contact us, and we will uh, pass your information along to uh, the cosplayers, and uh, hopefully uh, somebody will be able to uh, record that video greeting for you. Um, again, we still need uh, a small amount of money uh, to keep our live streams going because we have to pay for the servers that we're using for the live stream. Uh, so please uh, consider helping us out with that regard. So we'll be back in two weeks. Hopefully uh, we'll have uh, better news to talk about with regards to the pandemic that's circling uh, the globe right now. We thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, Neff, do you have any final words I forgot to ask before we close things out? No, I think we're all pretty much caught up on the go comings and goings of the world. Uh, I will say for those of us who follow sports, there are sports trying to come back. We shall see which one is first. Somebody said their money is on golf, in which case I say, Bleh. Well, you don't have to stay close to people when you're golfing, right? So, Yeah, no, I, I think that that's going to be the sport that comes back first, realistically. Mm. So, like I said, we'll have very long shots on the camera. Very long shots. Exactly. And we'll see if they can follow the tiny white ball from their very, very long shots. <laughs> and the caddy standing next to the golfer about maybe 10 feet away. Use a four iron! Make it a five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll hit the golf links uh, hopefully then when that happens. And uh, we thank you so much for joining us. And remember, keep on listening for the Extreme on Radio podcast. Thanks for listening. I will catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.
She's hip. She's cool. She loves to dance, and she loves to live life to the fullest. Who is she? She's Sarah Yoshida, the mascot of Extreme Anime Radio. And now, Sarah gives personalized video greetings. Thanks to the help of the many cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida, we bring you Sarah Shoutouts. One of the cosplayers of Sarah will provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Ask for advice or an uplifting message? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. Each Sarah shoutout is only $8. Proceeds will be used toward our monthly live stream bills and help promote the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shoutout, please email us at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or private message us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash anime radio or on Instagram at extreme anime radio. Terms and conditions apply. Extreme anime radio. 